0: You are listening to Building the Future, green building in the new millennium, brought to you by sustainablehomesofthefuture.com. I'm your host, Ian Sollenberger, and this podcast is for anyone that wants to collaborate and learn more about how to design and construct energy efficient buildings for an environmentally sustainable future. If you have questions about how to design and build with a lower environmental impact, or you'd like to come on our show as a guest, please email me directly at info at SHF, that's Sustainable Homes of the Future, shfbuild.com. Visit our website at shfbuild.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at shfbuild. Our mission with this podcast is to inspire you, our listeners, to go out and be sustainability advocates, share these ideas so we can truly push this industry forward. We need each and every one of you to help us build the future today. Hello and welcome everyone to Building the Future: Green Building in the New Millennium. My name is Ian Solenberger and today I'm going to talk to you about embodied carbon. It was 2 years ago I first heard the term embodied carbon. And despite months of detailed research and extensive conversations with professionals in the sustainability and green building space, I'll admit I didn't fully understand the difference between operational carbon and embodied carbon until this year, two full years later. I'm here today to explain one, what embodied carbon is and two, why designing and building our way to a zero carbon future is the only way to reverse the damage that we've done to the planet by sticking our heads in the sand for the last 50 years. My introduction to embodied carbon came while attending the Green Build 2018 conference in Chicago, a city like Santa Monica, where I live, that has some very forward-thinking politicians and city leaders with ambitious goals for how to help forge the path toward a net zero built environment. Now, net zero design and regulation, dubbed Title 24 here in California, calls for the creation of buildings that produce as much energy as they consume in a year creating a zero sum in the energy use department. Now as necessary as these operational standards may be to move us toward a lesser carbon footprint, they are in large part based on the incorrect assumption that a net zero building has little or no effect on our changing climate. That is false, unequivocally. In order to truly mitigate the negative effects of humanity's impact on the environment, we will be required to focus less on operational carbon, or net zero, and up the ante on embodied carbon. Now, This paradigm shift begins with understanding what in the world embodied carbon actually means. Anyone who's taken a course in economics might remember the term externalities when referring to the cost-benefit analysis of a specific business practice or project. Example, if my brilliant idea for a startup called Shell, 1L or 3, Uh, uses the unique properties of snapping turtle shells to make ultra durable parkas, and creates a thousand jobs, yay, but also wipes out the entire snapping turtle population of the southeast, it would likely be deemed a failure based on the unfortunate externality of snapping turtle extinction. Do you follow? Not surprisingly, many of the existing materials and standard practices in the construction and development of the buildings in which we live, work, and play are contributing to the extinction of humanity. And too many of us don't seem to know or seem to care. Now, it may be true that we're seeing more companies pandering to the social impact funds and savvy investors who recognize the value in using sustainability as a buzzword to set them apart from the crowd, but that is not nearly enough to tip the global carbon scales. My friend Sean, a construction cost maven and sustainability ninja, as I like to say, Uh, breaks down the idea of embodied carbon by pointing out that a residential solar panel can offset the amount of carbon emitted during its production in a single year of use. Now that's embodied carbon. It's the sum of everything emitted during the extraction, the manufacturing, and the distribution of a particular product. Fantastic, one year, right? Now juxtapose that with a net zero building built today, which will take a cool 30 years to offset the astronomical amount of carbon emitted during its production. And that's despite emitting no additional carbon during that three decades of actual use. So hopefully now you're starting to see the real problem. We don't have 30 years to work with here. We've been told time and time again, we need to lower carbon emissions to pre 1990 levels by 2050 in order to avoid environmental catastrophe. We can't possibly achieve this when each new building built is going to take another 30 years to offset all that new carbon, let alone tackling the more than 100 billion tons, I did the math, of greenhouse gas emissions produced over the last 30 years that actually got us into this mess. So how do we change this unfortunate status quo? Well, it's not just electric cars and paper straws, I guarantee you that. We all know how hard it is to get folks to adopt a newer healthier product when an older product seems to be working just fine. One first step in this case is transparency. We need to know how much carbon is being produced, not just by the manufacturing of building materials, but by the manufacturing of the materials in all the products we use. If companies were required to put carbon labels on everything that we buy, it might make an actual difference for those who consider themselves to be fundamental environmentalists, but That alone is still not enough. After all, there have been ingredient labels telling us how much refined sugar we've been eating for decades. (laughs) And the average American still consumes close to 100 grams of sugar per day. Awareness is one thing, but it's gonna take a considerable amount of education and an army of disruptors to really shake things up. And we, the people, The consumers need to demand that our buildings, our cars, and all of our consumer products, along with the industries that manufacture them, be carbon free. Now it won't happen overnight, but the world is starting to notice that there are good players and bad, and time is running out for companies who are stuck on profits over people. We're beginning to see those negative externalities of environmental negligence, hurricanes, fires, sea level rise on the news every day. It's undeniable. I heard someone say just the other day, stop asking people if they believe in climate change like it's Santa Claus or the Easter bunny and start asking if they understand it. It's here and it's very real. Net zero is a decent first step, but carbon zero is the answer. And it needs to happen three times faster than anybody in the business sector is actually willing to say out loud, let alone commit to. There's a small group of individuals and companies that are leading the charge, but they can't do it alone. They need our help. Will there be upfront costs? Yes. Maybe we could stop subsidizing and incentivizing businesses and industries that make money at the expense of our planet's health and put that money and those resources toward building better businesses from the ground up, small businesses. And given recent world events, let's work on quantifiable ways to measure those negative costs, health, social, and ultimately economic costs of sticking our heads back in the sand. That's how we change the environment. That's how we change the economy. That's how we improve the health and equity of our neighbors and our loved ones. One project, one product, and eventually one industry at a time. Some final perspective here commercial buildings alone account for about 20% of overall U.S. emissions. So we as designers, as architects, project managers, and builders can make a monumental difference by simply finding ways to work together and find regenerative solutions to significantly lower the embodied carbon in our buildings. Who's with me?